0: Patricia Kathleen McCarthy works and lives in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. The Crimson Woman is her third novel in the Crimson Trilogy, preceded by The Crimson Boy and The Crimson Man. She has previously published three collections of poetry. Welcome to the Bibliophile.
1: Thank you for having me, Nigel.
0: You are into vampires.
1: Of all things, I know, to be into vampires...
0: And these uh, bloodsuckers are <laughs> the focus of your trilogy.
1: They are, yeah. yeah.
0: Now, w- what is it then that you think is so appealing to audiences about vampires?
1: If I were to try to draw a metaphor and say it's symbolic of man's desire for supremacy... But vampires. I mean, certainly they've been the darling of the fiction world for a long time.
0: Did it go yeah. back prior to Bram Stoker, or not?
1: It does, yeah. Um, 18th century poetry. Mm-hmm. Lord Byron wrote mm. uh, one poem. Um, even Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Mm. He wrote one poem which inspired Byron to write the first piece of prose on vampires. Mm. Although now they say it's not really him. He got the credit for it. It was actually his physician, John Polidori, who sort of crafted this story loosely based on his illustrious patient, Byron. And then you get into 19th century, more short stories coming out by authors, what they called penny dreadfuls at that Mm -hmm. time, you know, horror, all... Pumped up, um, but Bram Stoker, you're right. He was the quintessential. He really shaped it based on being influenced by, you know, the free, previous poetry. And it was a colleague who had suggested to Stoker, "Well, why not base some of your character on Vlad the Third, the Romanian? Yeah, because he was so cruel and so that helped Bram Stoker shape it." Um.
0: So, why the infatuation?
1: If I were to think like an anthropologist, who comes to mind is Margaret Mead. And remember when she did Coming of Age in Samoa, notwithstanding all the controversy around the collection of her data and how it was interpreted. But she always talked about nurture versus nature. Is it within somebody's nature to be attracted to elements on the fringe of society? Or is it nurtured, the interest in vampires... um, I say perhaps a peer group, if you're a young person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually asked a couple of people in the course of having my book launch party, you're always in pimping mode, pardon the expression, and I'd be talking to people and they'd say, oh, I love vampires, and I love reading about it. Mm-hmm. And so I asked a couple of people, well, why? Tell me. Every answer was different. Mm-hmm. One woman, I think she was in her midlife, late 40s, and I thought her answer was very poignant. She said, well, vampires are so true to themselves. And I thought, well, that's an interesting answer, because she's talking about core identity in the heart of hearts in their soul. I know exactly who they are, vampires.
0: The interesting thing about a vampire is that he or she doesn't die.
1: Yeah, is so that... they behave or act out of, based on who they are, right?
0: Yeah, I mean they don't they, they don't have any sort of urgency to uh, in terms of to
1: change finishing
0: things or or, or accomplishing yeah. things or as you say to change yeah. to evolve.
1: You know, there's no shadow. Although self. Although
0: they would, though I mean they could
1: well, maybe. I mean, there's no shadow self to them. You know, they just are who they are. And then I was speaking to a younger man hmm. in his twenties. What I've what I have learned is that this it's a wide demographic yeah. of why people read vampire fiction. And so I was talking to another young man, and he went, well, as far as I'm concerned, vampires are the perfect villain because they their weapon is seduction. And that made me think about, well, in film, the vampire's always very suave and charismatic. You're Tom Well, yeah, we romanticize them in a way, mm. right? What did Wasn't
0: Brad Pitt in that movie mm. as well? Yeah,
1: yeah, obviously. It's been uh, well milked for everything that it's worth in film about vampires. So it doesn't really answer the question, no. though. No. You know why the fascination? It would be like me trying to define the human psyche. You know that's. Well, let's son. try and do that. Well, don't yeah, you, exactly. Yeah, you know, like a sociologist might say to you, "Well, there's the biological imperative. Young people, of course, and their attraction to alpha male-like characters, nubile girls, even young women. Uh, they're naturally drawn." Alpha males, and so does wh- not a vampire represent that? Does he? I think so.
0: Because why? Like maybe you could define the vampire well, first.
1: Yeah, define the vampire. Yeah. Powerful, omnipotent, immortal. Yeah, indestructible. Uh, exactly. Uh, absence of conscience, which is what plagues most of humankind, right? Well, it's in fact, it plays a lot idea. of literature too, doesn't it? I mean, it you does, look at crime yeah. and punishment, I mean, that's yeah. just his
0: conscience, guilty yeah, good conscience. Book, yeah,
1: Dostoevsky, I went through my phase of him as well. You know, if you were asked a preteen, uh, what they call the tween, somebody who's nine years old, because it would be very hard to find anyone who hasn't been exposed to vampires, mm-hmm. whether through film or television, even rituals like Halloween every year. Yeah you were to ask a tween, they'd probably say, God, I'm so embarrassed that you're even asking me that question. You adults don't know anything, so it's an obvious kind of attraction for them. Yeah, but we, we
0: still haven't defined it, have we? We haven't. No. Yeah.
1: That's why I'm saying it can cross the board. And I asked one another man, um, and he's in his late 50s, and his immediate response was, well, the attraction is death cultism. He said, you know, coming to terms with mortality, especially teenagers grappling with the ideas of suicide and a way of sort of superimposing their understanding and ideals on this sort of fictional mythology of vampires.
0: Escaping the pains of, of mortality and uh... And
1: it just and it made sense what he was saying. I thought, mm. you know, out of all the mythological creatures, you don't have the same attraction to werewolves the way you do to vampires. You don't see a lot of movies or Mm. books the way you do with uh, With vampires. Yeah, The new program that's on HBO now, True Blood. Sort of a glimpse into the future. Now vampires are a member of society. They're no longer just mythology. They are, in fact, living amongst humans. And, And it's just... I started to watch it. I thought, you know, the writing's not bad. But, uh they are throwing in more sex, the erotic element of yeah. it. And maybe that has something to do with the attraction, is the the charisma, the sexuality that's being exuded. Part of their seduction, right? That women find them irresistible because they are eternally youthful or eternally powerful.
0: You know, I mean, it's interesting that uh, Goethe, he would write Faust yeah. and that uh, is all about selling your soul for immortality to
1: learn all the ultimate truths yeah Yeah. and the question is well are there ultimate truths and I don't think so I think the ultimate truth is is that you live your life in doubt and you live your life persuading yourself that What you do or have is real,
0: and the big question is unanswered until you die.
1: Basically, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So maybe that's part of the 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 appeal, isn't it?
1: As an author, I can just tell you, it's fun.
0: Why is it fun?
1: Because you can do whatever you want. It is such a preposterous environment to write in, Mm. and that um, because again, there's no death. Fiction with non-fiction, there has to be some basis in reality Mm -hmm. and fact as well.
0: So let's, let's keep keep picking away then at it. First of all, though, I am speaking with Patricia Kathleen McCarthy. She's the author of a trilogy of books about vampires and eroticism, the most recent of which is entitled The Crimson Woman, A Fantasy Realized. Let's talk about the erotic appeal of the vampire then. The vampire, in order to get what it needs, which is blood, (laughs) uh, doesn't... I mean, I suppose there's such a thing as a homosexual vampire.
1: Well, yeah. um, 18th century, or is it 19th century? The first lesbian vampire. Uh, Camilla was the short story. that's interesting. I forget the author's name. So there seem to be permutations. You go farther back in history... And they think its origins started in medieval times, 12th century. English English historians writing accounts of revenants, what they called, you know, if I'm pronouncing it right, revenant, sort of Latin, French, revenir to return people who've come back from the dead. Mm -hmm. But it was pre-industrialized societies having a very small understanding of the process of death and decomposition, so that looking at a body depending on its temperature and where it was decomposing. Um, You know how the body tends to fill up with gases and it releases fluids when it's disinterred and so they would see these puffy bodies and think, oh my God, it's coming back to life. And so they see that link Mm -hmm. back to the 12th century and how that, it sort of stayed in the human consciousness all throughout until people started to write about it, yeah.
0: So there's a theme that's... uh appearing from these different threads, and that is defying death. Mm-hmm. What is it that men often seek out in women, and it's youth and beauty?
1: Mm, the biological imperative?
0: Not just the reproductive one, but yes. trying to recapture their own youth. Yeah. And so by sucking their blood, they, they recapture... Or they—it's a bit like the 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 novel *Perfume*, where there are similar kinds of a kind of idea where he has to sap her her smell.
1: That was love for him, though, right?
0: Well, he didn't give off any odor whatsoever. He didn't, and he wanted to get something that would make him lovable. I think he he was rejected as, as, as. as yeah. profoundly as you can be rejected by no one it.
1: taught him how to love and so to yeah. him. Well, he didn't him. give off an
0: odor, so no right. one connected with him. You smell a baby; it's, yeah. it's a lovely smell. If yeah. you don't smell of anything, I know you're discarded.
1: And so, in his way, he was trying to recreate, I suppose, in one way, not just a scent for himself or yeah. other people, but a way of saying, "Well, this is perfect love." Yeah, it and, I'm, perfect and I'm perfectly lovable. Yeah, with yeah,
0: with this. I wonder if that's what the vampires... That's
1: their perception of themselves, perhaps.
0: That, they're, that they are unlovable.
1: They are unlovable. They hate themselves. Yeah, perhaps. self-loathing. Um, and yet, that's not how they're portrayed in literature. That they are, again, their core being is so balanced.
0: Hugely in, confident.
1: Yeah. Evil, complete. would you say? Well... Taking of lives mm-hmm. cannot be regarded as an act of mercy or compassion. No, right? but they're
0: taking a right. life to but then give yeah. it eternal
1: life. Right. Well, for the ones that they do, as opposed to for the ones that they indiscriminately just kill. Right. Oh,
0: they don't. The ones they bite don't automatically. Not get. always. So oh, oh, the okay. mythology goes right. Oh, okay. It has.
1: It's had its permutations. Okay. They can choose to transform some and others are just food. Just discarded. It's a food source, basically. Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, hmm? it's comical.
0: But again, you know, it's, from what I've seen, it's an awful existence because it's never-ending.
1: Yeah, it makes They're ours so beca- beautiful because it's finite. Exactly. So we do cherish the moments. and That's right. Their yeah. time
0: isn't something that is precious. I'm <laughs> speaking with uh, Patricia Kathleen McCarthy, and she has just finished the third in a trilogy, The Crimson Woman. Let's get back to Bar uh, Vampire, then. <laughs> yeah. One of the most successful books recently, or a series of books, is mm-hmm. by Stephanie Meyer. Mm-hmm.
1: Twilight series. Yeah. Lucky yeah. Girl. Good for her.
0: And my daughter, who's 14, is completely wrapped up in it. Is she? And they love, I can't, I'm trying to remember the name of the lead character, but they, they, Edmund, maybe? Yeah. They absolutely love him, her and her friends. Yeah. I just wonder why there's this connection with Again, her. I think
1: it's the alpha male.
0: The alpha male being sort of the aggressive, goal-oriented, Competit- the top of the line Competitor,
1: top-of-the-line competitor. Not swayed by peer group pressure. Not feeling Uh, the need to conform to society. Society conforms to him. As I was saying, if you were to sit down and break it down into groups, who should you solicit an opinion from? A teenager would have to be one of them.
0: Just because that vampire model is so obviously popular amongst them.
1: Maybe it's the goth. The, Rejection again, of,
0: of societal norms.
1: Being on the fringe of society and yeah. choosing that. Not all teenagers choose those attractions. But being some, an outsider. It then. resonates with them. And perhaps it has something to do with their own identity issues and what they can relate to. The Her Twilight series, I've read some excerpts because I find when you're writing on one genre, reading other works... It does really influence your yeah, voice, even you. Yeah, you that. From it. Yeah. But words are voice, what yeah. I would call, um, they have no real bite to them, so to speak. Hmm. There's no gratuitous And yet they're bonus. enormously sure, successful. They're, but, you know, but again, you know. There's no gratuitous violence. There's no gratuitous sex. They hardly even kiss. And so in a way... something, She's nice. a tease. You know, and so that's perhaps what's working for her. Yeah.
0: The vampires, I mean, they're, they're, they're tall, dark, and good-looking, <laughs> I suppose. Well,
1: at least that is <laughs> Yeah, their Yeah, their identity has changed. Again, literature has helped to shape it, though. Because if you look at, um, even the word vampire didn't come into being until 18th century. It's primarily in Eastern Europe, Southeastern Europe, where part of that sort of groundswell started. Yeah. And so much of it had to do with vampire hysteria of people, you know.
0: It's a frightening thought. I mean, the idea of vampire bats coming and biting you is... is, And
1: yet the the whole mythology of the vampire is what inspired people to name the bat the vampire bat because it drank its blood, not the other way around. Oh, okay. You know, most yeah. people think oh the vampire bat inspired. No, the no, other way around, the way around. humans have a, a knack, don't you find, for superimposing mm-hmm. their ideals or their ideas onto a sort of external manifestations. Oh, this is what it's gotta be. Okay, I believe you. Yeah. You know, because you're an authority. I don't I'm sure the church I've never researched that, the church's role. And we know ecclesiastics were it not for them uh, illiteracy would probably still be running rampant <laughs> <laughs> so um, but I'm sure and Luther. well yeah they got their hands on you know the literature in the beginning mm-hmm. I think some of the first poetry came out in late 1800s 1770 whenever they probably would have burned it all mm-hmm. and tried to bury it Yeah. because mm-hmm. it is as we were saying part of that taboo
0: well, I mean, look at the brilliant uh, Grand Inquisitor chapter in uh, Brothers Karamazov. Oh yeah, where Jesus yeah. comes back and they take him in prison as fast as they can. Yeah, because they, he'd put him out of business if he'd come back.
1: Wild ideas, Don Quixote, another example. Mm. You know, wild ideas. What's the difference between a dreamer and a realist? And people don't want the outrageous, not always. They like everything very neat and buttoned down and explainable. Mm -hmm. And perhaps that is the attraction with vampires. It is a world that you can fantasize about yourself being in it with no real-world consequences, right? Which is maybe one of the reasons why people read such fantastic stories. Yeah, they're indestructible,
0: as you say, and so they don't have to face the consequences of... It's
1: fantasy, in a way, absolute fantasy. There will always be attraction for it. Yeah. And you see that now in modern-day depictions of life, with uh, particularly in film. Mm-hmm. It's just so over the top. Mm-hmm. Punching the guy 50 times and he still gets up, you know, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you know, it seems to be a permanent fixture in fiction. These vampires are not going anywhere. They seem to be picking up more steam, whether it's humorous or serious. Bram Stoker, did you ever read Dracula? No. Very slow and plodding. But he he really fully realized, I think, his character by having that connection to Vlad Third.
0: Well, he's a, a sort of a... Um,
1: Being uh, brutal. And yeah, yeah. So that you could be afraid ruthless. of this character right. and yet still attracted to him. Because he is so powerful.
0: Well, the power, and also, I think, getting back to the teenagers, teenage girls, attracted to the bad boys. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we, uh, just in, in wrapping up, why don't we sort of run through this list answer as an anthropologist. Well,
1: she would probably say because of nurturing, whether you are being nurtured again by peer groups or nurtured by exposure to literature.
0: Nurtured, yeah.
1: Popular culture, meaning in the sense of my peers, my other teenage friends, are, oh, this is a spectacular book on vampires, you've got to read it. And if no interest existed prior to that, being nurtured by your peer group. How many people have their minds shaped by the television? Yeah, and as you right. say, sort of Halloween. And yeah, y- yeah, it's inescapable. Okay. Very few seem to demonstrate more of a nature towards attraction to fringe elements of society. Mm. There, it's a small percentage who do.
0: In other words, it, it's cool. It's cool yeah. to like vampires. Yeah, it's cool it to is. Be, yeah. Okay. okay, so that's the anthropologist. Now, the psychiatrist.
1: Brain chemistry, age, predisposition. Defining desire, attraction, hormones.
0: Again, because the vampire represents...
1: top. Of, I always think of top of the food chain. You know, supreme, powerful, in a way elusive as well. So that desirable
0: both from a female perspective and a male perspective. I
1: think so too, yeah. Okay. That males can see themselves of...
0: Being the great seducer, yeah, yeah. the powerful seducer, yeah. and the w- and the female yeah. wanting, and wanting to, be to
1: possess that ideal.
0: The sexual part of it, too, I guess, is linked to that. The vampire sucks blood. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, does it ejaculate as well? I wonder.
1: <laughs> well, mine do. Yeah. They're highly sexual. Right?
0: Yeah. But I mean... I
1: play that up. Yeah, sexual prowess to the tenth, you know. Okay. Um, We're still sexual beings. Oh. And so we respond on an emotional level that we don't necessarily deconstruct ourselves. We just know, oh, I'm attracted to that person.
0: Yeah.
1: And I like their look, and I like how... And you see it, people are definitely attracted to confidence. And if they see that you're weak, well, they have no problems mistreating you. Mm Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible that people are that way. Yeah. But it seems... But they also like
0: to, I suppose, uh, you know, in the face of this confidence, uh, obey.
1: Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Because submission, or a submissive attitude, is also a form of power. Mm -hmm. You know, that you are so confident in who you are, you can relinquish your control to someone else. And then I threw in the arts and culture editor. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> why would they? Yeah, why? Well, they probably would roll their eyes and say, oh, for the love of God, not vampires again, you know?
0: Yeah. They're under siege, though. They're a, they're a rare uh, species these days. You think so? Well, with all of the book review sections closing across North America.
1: Is that really? Oh, no, that's
0: quite a... Is a that f- so? Why? Uh, it boils down to money, I assume, that uh, newspapers aren't making money off the... Book sections, but anyway, that's an aside. The, oh, okay. uh, the so why would uh, what what would they have to say?
1: Probably regarded as frivolous, I would think.
0: But again, we're talking about the popularity of the vampire.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a universal element to vampires that people can all relate to on some level. Yeah. Again, whether it's psychological, emotional, sexual, a departure from what they normally read.
0: Well it's obviously the thrill too, the thrill seeking, I suppose, that aspect.
1: And yeah. Have you ever read any yourself? None. None. No desire to?
0: Too much of a snob.
1: What's the last person that we had? Oh yeah, and a teenager. I mean, have you ever asked your daughter why she loves the Twilight series so much? I haven't
0: I actually. I mean I just know that she's she loves this character. As you say, I think you've touched on the goth and the outsider and Vampires are duplicitous as well. They're not, not as if they're. I mean, I suppose they know it in themselves. Yeah. But they're using any technique they can find to get to be able to seduce.
1: And they are highly manipulative.
0: But they're obviously also appealing.
1: I can't speak for everyone else, but we all seem to go through a process when we read whether we are transported. Into the story, or we're bored by it, or we identify with it to such a level that we can't separate ourselves from the fantasy, or the fantastical nature of the story. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the amour with teenagers, you know, that they are so impressionable and that their core identity is still in the process of being developed. Because we all know teenagers are the repository of all worldly information, correct? According to a teenager, yeah, they know everything. Yeah, yeah, oh come on, Dad, you know, that they probably could be carried away easier and transported into that fictional world, hmm. you know, and it makes perfect sense to them.
0: Yeah, and I suppose there is something about all knowingness <laughs> in the vampire, you know, the fact is that they've He's been around for so long, that's right, they've yeah. seen everything.
1: When you write from that context, that you have a character who's an immortal I thought okay again Patricia think of the logic try to define the character Mm. I thought okay he would be pedantic and he would be imperious and he would proselytize insufferable in a way yes that you would go oh Jesus he's not going on again is he he would have a huge ego he would have to if you were all powerful Mm. right? and you were immortal of course you would be an egomaniac Mm. So the identity, again, everyone seems to pull something out of it that is their identity, they relate to it, yeah.
0: It boils down to the qualities of the character of a vampire seem to appeal in different ways to a lot of different audiences.
1: Yeah, which is, you're basically describing every reader out Mm -hmm. there, you know. You could pick up one book. Mm -hmm. I think it's just spectacular. Mm -hmm. And somebody else, well, I don't know what Nigel saw in this. Mm It just didn't work for me.
0: To summarize, in a cocktail party response, how would you explain the popularity of of vampires in literature?
1: (laughs) In a nutshell, at a cocktail party. Yeah, or in an an elevator. In an elevator. Well, it would depend whether or not I've had libation. If I had (laughs) consumed a couple... Couple, probably, a couple of pints of blood? I'd probably say it's because you have, you know, a sexual desires to be consumed. And, you know, you basically want to have a full human experience. You want to be taken? Basically, yeah. Um, if you're a woman. Yeah. And from a man, I would probably say men are attracted to vampires because of their, the whole ego and it nature of people to, you know, put themselves into a situation and fantasize, Mm. which is one of the reasons why I think maybe what I'm talking about is hero worship with men, which is why a lot of men are so fascinated by sports, that they can envision themselves being, got the touchdown, the last Mm. final 30 seconds of the game. So here you,
0: you beat every other guy... Out yeah. and you get the you yeah. get the woman.
1: You get any will, woman you want, yeah. basically. Either you know? by force or by seduction. Yeah. Maybe its fascination has on a very generic literary level. It, it just has such a wide spectrum. Yeah, you can do whatever you want with it, and that comes back to my very first comment for the fun of it. Well, it's I'm looking fun. forward to having
0: fun reading uh, reading oh, thank your you. your, uh, your novel. Thanks uh, for your time. My pleasure. I've been talking with. Patricia Kathleen McCarthy and the latest in her trilogy, Vampire Trilogy the third book is entitled The Crimson Woman Thanks again.
1: Thank you